Hello and a wonderful day to you. Welcome to the School of Prosperity and Influence with the Holy Spirit. Um, and welcome to the 14th audio in this series. Uh, in our previous audio, we started talking about grace, the immeasurable provision of God. And today, in this particular uh, episode, we'll be talking about how grace came to all and how to activate grace. We have mentioned earlier that grace is not a dispensation, grace is not a unmerited favor. Grace, okay, is the immeasurable provision of God for every need that you have. It is the uh, unimaginable, yeah, that's the proper word, provision of God for what of any kind of attack you may receive. You, you, may, be, you may be facing through. So you have grace to try home. You have received grace to triumph. So, having said that, one of the many things we said grace is not is that it is not unmerited favor. Grace is not unmerited favor. And today we are going to establish that by understanding how grace came to her. So, if grace is not unmerited favor, but at the same time, it is not something we can uh, do, we can acquire by our works. All right. So if it is not unmerited favor and we cannot acquire it by our works, then what exactly is uh, how exactly rather did grace came to her? Uh, to start our teaching today, is, uh, we're going to be considering the scriptures, Romans chapter five, verse nineteen. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Romans chapter five, verse nineteen. of the Apostle Paul to the Romans chapter 5 we're going to start from verse 19 19 says for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous for as by one man's offense by, for as by one man's disobedience, that is Adam, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life, by Jesus Christ our Lord. It is clear here that grace, okay, came to replace something. It is it is clear here that grace, okay, came to us. Not just to not to replace the law here, but to replace the consciousness of the law. It is important that we understand this. As by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That is, by Adam's disobedience, so many became sinners. So it is only natural that if one man's offense can make so many people sinners, then one man's disobedience, sorry, one man's obedience, one person's obedience can also bring the righteousness of God to people. So if Adam, if by the disobedience of Adam, okay, 
sin entered into the world, many were made sinners. By the obedience of Christ Jesus, many are made righteous. It is important that we understand this. This is the basis. Moreover, 20, the law entered that the offense might abound. There's a particular scripture that says that before the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed into man. It is important that we understand this. And that is in the same Romans chapter 5, verse 13. Let's start from 3. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. So before the law was introduced, sin was in the world. All right? But sin is not imputed into men when there is no law. Sin was not the nature of men when there was no law. Sorry, sin is the nature of men, rather. But sin was not accounted as sin for men when there was no law. Alright? So it is important that we understood this. So when the law came in, the law was introduced that man may be able by the reason of their efforts, by the reason of the sacrifices, okay, be able to walk with God. This is why the law, I want us to understand this, that the law was introduced so that man will be able to find common ground with God and God will be able to interfere in their matters. This is the reason why the law was introduced in the first place. We will discover that the law was not given to the whole world. It was given to the Israelites, the chosen people of God, the people that God wanted to relate with himself, the people that God wanted to be their God. So it is important that we know not this, that God okay, needed us to be able to walk with him. Yet, man had a sinful nature. So the law was introduced so that by the reason of sacrifices, okay, a, a sign of the ultimate sacrifice to come and by the reason of their works okay they may be able to walk with god but we could see from the uh israelites that none of them even moses was able to keep the law it was impossible to keep the law because one thing the law does is to give you the consciousness of sin so, because you had not known lust, Apostle said that, for I have not known lust, okay, until the law said, thou shalt not covet. So, the law, okay, brought in the consciousness of sin, okay, at the same time brought in death. Praise God. So, if by the disobedience of uh, Adam, many were made sinners and the law was entered, okay, he said, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Now, look at this. He now said, but where sin abounded, grace did abound much more. That at sin had reigned unto death. For the wages of sin is death. So as the wages of sin was death, then grace here, grace here, that even so grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life. By Christ Jesus our Lord. So that by the introduction of grace, by the introduction of grace, we might be able to reign through righteousness. 
one thing we need to understand is that grace, okay, grace made us partakers of the righteousness of God. It is because that we have received grace. It is the grace of God, okay, that made us to be partakers of the righteousness of God. Because we cannot walk to be with God without being righteous. The nature of God is righteousness. We have to be righteous in order to be able to walk with God. But it is the grace of God that is upon us. Grace came upon us that we might be righteous. Okay? And then be partakers of the divine nature and also have eternal life in us. It is important that we note this and understand this. We're still talking about how grace came to love. Now it says here that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. By whom? By Christ Jesus. It is important that we understand this. Let us look at the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The gospel according to St. John chapter 1 verse 17. It says... For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. This is clear that grace came by Jesus Christ. So grace is not unmerited favor. Somebody paid the price. Somebody paid the price. And that person that paid the price for the grace which you and I enjoy today is none other than Christ Jesus. He paid the price. It is important that we understand this. That for the law was given by Moses, okay? But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So this defeats the argument that grace is unmerited favor. So grace came to all, okay? Grace came to all, all right? Through Jesus Christ. Jesus Finish the work of redemption and open the door for you to walk in the grace of God. Grace came to her after Jesus, okay, had, uh, had completed the sacrifice, okay, had completed the process of redemption, had completed the work of redemption by making himself a sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice before God for all of mankind that may be able to walk in. So grace came to her because Jesus paid a price. He paid the price. He became sin so that uh, we may be able to relate with God. It is important for us to note here again. Okay? It is important for us to note here again that Jesus paid the price. He has finished the work and he brought grace to us. But Grace is made available. You need to do something to be a partaker of it. So grace is made available to her, but it is not automatic. Praise God. Grace is made available to her, but it is more automatic. And the reason is simple. Let us look at that uh, John chapter 1, verse 10. He said, He was in the world. And the word was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them 
gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. So, the bottom line is, grace is made available to all, but grace is only active in the life of people, okay, that believe on the name of Jesus. This is the step where you come into the grace. So, I want you to think of grace as, a, as an apartment, okay? It's an apartment that is made ready and available, alright? But you cannot be, uh, enjoy the benefits of staying in the apartment, enjoy the things in the apartment, okay? Live as though you are in the apartment until you actually come into the apartment. So, grace is made available for all of us, alright? For all of mankind. But mankind, every man that wants to experience the grace of God, needs to come into that grace by accepting Jesus and confessing him as their personal Lord and Savior. When you do so, you become translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Then grace is made available. At that instant, you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. It is important to understand that grace and righteousness come together. Praise God. John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come. This is Christ Jesus saying himself, talking to himself. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Praise God. Jesus came that we may have life and we may have it more abundantly. What kind of life are we talking about here? We're talking about eternal life. Some people call it everlasting life, but it is referred to as eternal life. It is also known as life as God is or the life of God. So Jesus come that you may be able to be a partaker of the divine nature and have the life of God in you. He came so that you may be able to become the son of God by being a partaker of his divine nature, by sharing in the nature of God. A son shares the nature of his father. A son always shares the nature of his father. It is important for us to know this. So Jesus came, okay, that for as many people that believed in him, they may become the sons of God and be partakers of the divine nature. This is not a small thing. It is important to note here that you have become the, you have the nature of God in you. Okay? You have eternal life, the life of God in you. And so, all that you need has been given unto you. This is what the scripture says when it says, For God, as according as his divine power, has given unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness. Godliness, the ability to perform like God. Godliness, the ability to behave, to act, to think like God. It is impossible for you to think or act or perform like God if you do not have the life of God in you. So, being able to perform like God 
is uh, activated by the life of God that is in us. That is in you and I. Praise God. It is important that you understand this. So grace is not unmerited favor. Grace is not something trivial. Grace is important. Jesus paid the price that you may be able to become the son of God. And may be able to manifest the manifold wisdom of God. See, it is important for you that how much more you, alright, because you have received grace, praise God. It is important that we note this. It is very important that we note this. Okay? Let us consider that Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17 again. Romans chapter 5. It is important we note something here. It says, For he by one man's offense, that reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. I am telling you this categorically today, or rather, the Holy Spirit is telling you this today through me, that if you are a born-again believer, okay, if you're a born-again believer, you have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness to reign as a king in this life. This is why you need the two. The abundance of grace you have received, okay, has enabled you to be able to ward off any attack has enabled you to be able to meet any kind of need and the gift of righteousness okay makes you qualified to carry the life and nature of god it is because you have become the righteousness of god that you are qualified to be a carrier of the life of god righteousness so whatever it is you do okay your ability to manifest God, okay, is not limited by the works of the flesh. So you're right, you cannot, your righteousness is not by your works. Your righteousness is not by your living holy. Your righteousness is not by your trying to avoid sin. Your righteousness is imputed into you by God himself. So you have been enabled to be able to be perform like God. You have the gift of righteousness so you may be able to carry the life of God in you. Praise God. So, if you have the gift of righteousness which enables you to be a carrier of the life of God and to be able to communicate with the Father at any point in time, regardless of what is going on, regardless of what is going on, regardless of what is going on, you have been able to communicate with the Father. And you have received the abundance of grace to perform like him. So what then is the problem? Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. It says, Now I say the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. The problem with most people is that they do not leave the point of being a child in Christianity. I discovered recently that everything in life needs to learn how to do it. Just like we, you need to learn how to live in Christ. Living in Christ can be learned and has to be learned. If you do not do this, you're, you are the hair, but you might end up behaving like a slave. You might end up being treated like a slave. Praise God. 
So the question will be, how do you activate grace? How do you activate grace? How do you activate grace? Second Peter chapter one. The scripture is so important for us to understand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Peter chapter one. Chapter one, verse two to three. It says, "Grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Grace and peace." is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. One very important thing you need to know is that you cannot activate grace that you are not aware of. So you have received the abundance of grace. But the scripture is saying here that it can be multiplied. But through two things, two conditions, through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Knowledge is so important. You cannot activate grace that you are not aware of. So the awareness of the abundance of grace upon you is the first criteria to activating grace. The awareness of the abundance of grace upon you, all right, is the first means of activating the grace that is upon you. Praise God. So, if this, if you cannot, I said this earlier, that you cannot activate grace that you are not aware of. When you become aware of the grace that is upon you, when you become aware of the grace wherein we stand, let us look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So this means that we we are standing in the grace. But if you are behaving, sorry, if you do not come to the knowledge of the grace you are standing in, you, can, you may behave as if you are fatherless in the world. Despite the fact that you are a son of God. You might end up living like an orphan in the world. Despite the fact that you are a bona fide son of God. And the reason for that can be found in Galatians chapter, one, Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 to 2. Praise God. The first step to activating grace is the awareness of grace. It's so important. The second step, okay, to activating grace or to say to working grace is knowledge. Somebody says knowledge. Knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Now, these two are not the same thing. The knowledge of our Lord Jesus okay and the knowledge of the finished work of redemption and all of the things he did when he was on earth here the knowledge of god okay talks about the will the mind of god the intents of god 
the mind of God, okay, the ability of God that is because you are you are a partaker of the nature. Yes, you can learn it. There is a learning to these things. So the first thing you know is need is the awareness of the grace wherein you stand. The second thing you need is the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. So I've said before, the knowledge of God refers to the will of God, okay? The ability and fullness of God demonstrated in His words and in His power, okay? And His intent, okay? His mind shared with you. So yes, and how do you acquire the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God only comes by revelational knowledge. So you can continue to read the scriptures until they are revealed to you. You might not be able to glean, you might not be able to to get the intended, how do I put this now? You might not be able to understand the mind of God concerning that particular thing until it is revealed unto you. The knowledge of God is revelational. Yes, in this is in the scriptures, but even as you read, the Holy Spirit in you that walketh in you may win to the understanding the things which you read, the words which you read. Because they are not just words, they are powerful, quick and powerful. Praise God. Knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. And as you acquire this, as you begin to glint through the pages of the Bible, as you begin to look through the promises contained. Begin to look through the testimonies contained. Begin to look through the words, the prophecies contained. Alright? You are gleaning, you are learning, the, you, are, you, are, you are acquiring the knowledge of God by revelation through the Holy Spirit. Okay? It says grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. We're still talking about how to activate grace. Alright? The third thing that you need to do, and I'm, go- I'm going to be stopping here, is confessing confessions confessing the word of god it is this is a very important part let us look at that romans chapter 5 verse 17 again romans 5 17 it says for if by one man's offense death reigned by one man much more they which receive the abundance much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall, shall reign, shall reign, shall reign, shall reign. Shall reign means that, yes, you have been equipped to reign, but you might not reign. Praise God. You have been equipped to reign, but you might not reign. And the reason you might not reign is if you fail to activate grace. Praise God. The reason you might not reign is when you fail to activate grace. So we said earlier that the first step towards activating grace is awareness. The second step is getting the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And the third step is by confessions. By confessing the promises of God. By confessing the promises of God. By confessing the word of God. 
it is important that th- for confessions are a very important way okay of making power that is already are given to us available again confessions is required okay to bring into life to bring into life that which is manifesting in the spirit but not in the how do i put it now but not in the flesh your confession is so important and is a requirement to bring in things that uh, exist but cannot be seen into the kind of existence that can be seen and why is confessions important let us go back to the beginning in the beginning god created man genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and god said let us make man in our own image and after our likeness in our own image means that you are in the exact image of god you look like god you talk like god does you hear like god does you smell like god does you're in the image of god praise god praise god it is important for us to understand this and not look at the the god that you are in his image look at are we christians okay he says uh and god saw the okay uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 it says and the head was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said let there be light the beautiful thing here is that the God that you have been created that you have been born again to be in his nature to be his image to be in his likeness Okay, create things by talking them into existence. Praise God. God called light out of darkness. He called it. So it means that if you are going to manifest what the scriptures have said concerning you, you need to call it. You need to call them into existence. And how do you call them? By confessing the word of God. It is important that we know this. John chapter 1 again. I want to quickly show something at hand here today. John chapter 1. John. He said it from verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. All things were created by his words. So also, if the abundance of grace that you have received will manifest in your life, all right, you need, okay, to say the words of, it is the word of God that will create it. It is the word of God that will create it, not you. It is the word of God that will bring them into existence. What you need is to just become the voice of God, okay, speaking the word of God. That's all you need. All you need is to just become the voice of God speaking the word of God. So the third thing you need, okay, to activate grace in your life is confessing the word of God. So this means that for every attack, for every need that you have, all you need is to find the scripture that corresponds, the scripture that speaks about that particular attack or that particular need and begin to confess it and begin to confess it and begin to confess it and because you have received the abundance of grace you will try home not because 
uh, of you, but because you have been wired to triumph by the Almighty God. Because you have been wired to triumph. Praise God. It is important for us to understand this. Uh, we have spoken about today, we have to, we've talked about how grace came to all and how to activate grace. So we have said that uh, grace came to all, everyone on earth, through our Lord Jesus when they paid the price. And um, we've spoken about the steps to activating grace. We need, we've said that awareness of the grace is important, is the first step. And the second thing you need is the revelation and knowledge of God and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And of course, the third thing you need is to become the voice of God by confessing or speaking the word of God only. Continue to speak the word of God and the grace of God upon you is activated. I pray for you today that even as you listen to this word, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will reveal them better to you. And you begin to walk in the grace. You become aware of the immense grace upon you. In the name of Jesus, you are wired to reign. You are wired to triumph. In the name of Jesus. Thank you very much for joining this uh, podcast. Have a wonderful time.